How many people like hearing God speak? Aren't you glad that God doesn't just... He hasn't just spoken thousands of years ago, but He still speaks today. Are you, are you grateful about that? I'm grateful about that. I'm grateful that God still works today. He didn't just finish. He, he, he declared it is finished and what He needed to do had been done, but He hasn't stopped working in your life and my life. Amen. Are you glad about that? Are you glad that He takes us from glory to glory? He takes us from the ashes. He brings something beautiful out of the ashes. And it's a joy, honor, and privilege to be back with you guys. You know, I love you. And I just want to just keep on flowing, you know. This is about God, not about us, not about me, not about... We just want to lean into what Father wants to say, amen? And I'm gripped by a couple of statements which I want to lean into. And what I want to do this morning, Father's given me something different last time. And most times I'm here, I probably bring a prophetic message. And today I want to do something different. Well, I want to do something different because God's told me to do something different. And He gave me a prophetic picture. And so I'm going to bring the picture that God showed me. And then I'm just going to unpack what I feel Father's saying about that picture. Is that cool? And then I've got a prophetic word. When I say prophetic word, I'm talking a word that he wants me to unpack too. So we'll just go with that. So don't be there ready to receive five step on how to have a better life because you come to the wrong man. Um, we're just going to lean into what Father says and I pray that you get more questions than even answers from this because there's something in the seeking that we find. A.W. Tozer said, if, how tragic that in this evil day we've had our seeking done for us by our teachers. See, you can increase knowledge by being taught, but you can only increase intimacy with God by personally seeking. And I think sometimes when God speaks, we have more answers and we fear the answers, but the answers are just an opportunity to seek and the seeking is an opportunity to find and the finding is an opportunity to love. God's good, eh? I love it. He's just speaking now. I, was, I just, can I just enjoy God and feel free just to enjoy Him with me and uh, not get through something, but just enjoy God? God's already starting to speak to me for 2018. And I know as a prophet, God speaks to me for me, but He speaks to me for the body. Is that right, Pastor Greg? And Apostle Greg, whatever you are, Greg. <laughs> I know what you are. You know what you are. And so I feel compelled to share. He's given me two statements almost like, Steve, I want you to lean into this and pursue this. And so I want to release it to you and then bring the prophetic word and uh, picture and the prophetic word. And here's the first statement. And on the surface, we go, yep, okay, I agree with that. That's good. But I want you to actually lean into thinking about it word by word. And that, that is this, seeing as Father wants me to see about everything. He's telling me, Steve, I'm inviting you to see as Father wants me to see about everything. About everything. Steve, I, I want you to see your marriage as I want you to see your marriage. I want to see your conflict as I want you to see the conflict. Steve, I want you to see success as I see success. Steve, here's a good one for me, maybe for you. Steve, I want you to see your failure as I see your failure. Steve, I want you to see your questions and your doubts as I see them. I want you to see your hopes and your dreams as I see them. I want you to see your fears and your insecurities. Hello, anybody in the church? I want you to see everything as I see it. Because sometimes I wonder if I'm approaching God a little bit me upwards rather than Him downwards. That I'm coming, asking all the questions and trying to understand and apply some scripture to rather than saying, God, would you just help me to see as you see? If we're not careful, we'll even 
try to see spiritual truth from a natural perspective. See, I don't want to read the Word and understand and see God in His Word and see the Word of God from any other perspective but from Father's perspective. God, help me to see your Son from your perspective. Father, help me to see the enemy from your perspective. Seen as Father wants me to see about everything. Everything. Father, help me to see my place of employment as you want me to see it. Help me to see my friends as you want me to see it. Help me to see my enemies. There's a good one. As you want me to see them. Seeing as Father wants me to see about everything. My travel, ministry, my family, my friends, my children, those walking with you, the prodigals. Can you see how this, when you say about everything, it actually makes it pretty big? Everything. Not a single thing. I want to see. Father, as you want me to see. Can I ask you a question? Do you believe that Father desires to show us, reveal to us, to help us to see as he wants us? Do you, because if we don't believe that, may, hey, maybe that's our starting point today for some of us. That we, God, would you help me to see that you actually want me to see? Sometimes we talk about praying, asking God to, you know... <laughs> give us a certain thing and we go, I don't even know. Sometimes we need to even pray for a desire to desire. God, help me to see that you want me to see. Hmm. Before I move on, I just feel to pray. I wonder if you'd maybe just avoid distractions. And I wonder if there's anyone that would pray that prayer with me. And if you do want that even now, not understanding, not knowing. I wonder if you just pray this. Maybe you verbalize it out of your mouth so you can hear yourself. Maybe the. But if your desire is to see as Father wants you to see about everything, pray this with me. Father, I want to see how you want me to see about everything. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The second thing I feel that God has been saying to me is being who Father wants me to be in everything. Being who Father wants me to be as a husband, as a father, as a son, as a friend, as a minister, as a man. Dot, dot, dot. Being who Father wants me to be. When I'm with people that are mistreating me, being who Father wants me to be. Hello. When I'm with around people that are huh, saying lots of nice things about me, being who Father wants me to be. When people are speaking bad things about me, being who Father wants me to be. When there's misunderstanding, hello, in my marriage, maybe not in New Zealand, but in Australia, yeah. And I'm trying my best to say something, and I feel it's getting lost in translation, and I'm getting more and more frustrated because she's not hearing what I'm actually saying. Hello, hello, hello. Being who Father wants me to be. In that situation. Hmm. I wonder if Father's far less concerned about us being right as he is about us living right. That's just for the married couples. <clears throat> I wonder if it's more about fighting for our marriage than fighting in our marriage. I've read my Bible and it says we don't fight flesh and blood. There's a principalities and powers. There's an enemy who says, you know what? 
As long as I can get you fighting each other, then I'm winning. Because let's come together and fight a common enemy. That doesn't mean we don't have things we need to work through, things we need to talk about. My wife and I have talked to people. We've got counselling. I'm not ashamed to say that. Why? Because I'm weak? No, because I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that God wants my marriage to work. And I'm equally convinced I live in a fallen world and I'm imperfect. My wife's imperfect. And we need help sometimes. We need help sometimes. Some of us physically, if we're sick, we go to the doctor. Even though you have faith. Come on, listen to me. You believe that by his stripes you are healed. Do you believe that? Is that what the word says? Come on. I believe that by his stripes you are healed. I believe that lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Does anyone else believe that? So then why do we all have such lack of faith and go to the doctors? We don't think like that because that's not the way it is. Come on. One of the disciples was a physician. Come on. I need you to hear me. Because some of us have put compartments in the wrong place. We believe that God can heal the sick. We pray for it in faith, but we still go to the doctors. We still get checked out by someone who can help us. And we have no problem with it. And we even encourage each other to do it. I do it. And if I need it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. So why don't we extend the same thing to our marriage, to our emotions, to our minds? What? You're going to a counselor? You're going to a psychologist? You're going to... Come on, people. Come on, people. I didn't intend to say any of that, but I just needed to. I don't intend to say most of what I say, but it's all good. Being who Father wants us to be in everything. How does that sound? This is what I felt Father saying to me. He said, the being who he wants me to be in everything (laughs) flows from the seen as Father wants me to see about everything. If I'm seen as he wants me to see, then he'll empower me to be. But my problem is, maybe your problem at times is I'm trying to be who he wants me to be, but I've never seen from his perspective. We need to get the seen before the being. And the seen flows into the being. Is that cool? There's probably enough there just to meditate upon. But you know me, I'm not going to sit down now. I got things to say. Don't laugh, it's rude. So, Father, thank you for that. We just ask that now as we get into the picture and the prophetic word, that you speak what you want to speak. And we praise you, we worship you, we celebrate you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. You're allowed to come and join us now, wonderful lady. I I had this problem, the longer you play, the longer I talk. Wonderful. God is good. Love you guys. Thanks for inviting me into your world and into your world. You know, it's only, it's talking to someone, it was only, uh, it was October, so it was only 13 months ago that I started the journey. And this is my fourth time here. I talk about gluttons for punishment. <laughs> but it's such a joy, a privilege. I, I don't know, something's just bubbling on the inside of me now. Let's talk about a transition. Um, aren't you glad that God is not one-dimensional? Aren't you glad? He's not just truth, or he's not just joy, or he's not just peace. Aren't you glad that he's everything, fully, always, all the time, has always, will always? Isn't that good? And so we can have a, just that almost a weighty moment of his glory and his presence, but then just the joy can bubble up on the inside, and it's not like, hang on, what's happened with the spirits left the building? It's not like that. It's just that God is good. 
The reality is some people in here need one thing, some people need another thing, and God goes, good, I can just do it all. I'm not limited. I'm not limited. So I want to download it to you, and I want you to lean in and uh, feel free to talk to me and enjoy this time together. And I don't want to add to what Father has said, nor do I want to take away from it. Uh, and so I want to tell you what the picture is, and then I want to unpack what Father said. And I know that what I'm going to share is it's giving you a whiff of the meal that Father wants you to dive into. Is that cool? So when I say things, you might say, yeah, but how about this? But if you've got those questions, fantastic. Lean into it, you and God. You don't need me. I'll go back to Australia. Is that cool? Praise God. So this is a picture, and there's actual a visual picture I saw, a vision that I got for you guys as a church. And let me read it, and then I'm going to unpack it line by line as Father has instructed me to do. I see you fighting. So far, so good? Okay, my job. No, no I got more. I see you fighting with two swords, one in each hand. There's a visual picture, picture gladiator or, or whatever you want to do. Um, I see you fighting with two swords, one in each hand. One sword represents truth. The other represents righteousness. The handles are of red velvet, and this represents love. And then I felt God just say this, you cannot hold or fight with the sword unless you can hold the handle. Now I want to lean to what Father is unpacking to me. First thing is I see you fighting with two swords, one in each hand. I see you fighting with two swords, one in each hand. Two swords, one in each hand. And this is a phrase that God has spoken to me, and I just jotted it down and moved on, and he's come back. He's made me bold it and italics it in my notes. I kid you not because he says there is something real deep in this statement. I see you fighting with two swords, one in each hand. And God says it's never just about one thing. In every part of your life, it's never just about one thing. I want you to start to really think and lean into this. You've got a challenge in your marriage. If I can just do this one thing, if I can just find the one thing that will please, it's never just one thing. Come on. In my mind, in my emotions, getting free, if I can just find the one thing it's never just one thing. About the church growing, about the youth group moving forward, about whatever it may be in the church, whatever it may be in your family, whatever it may be with your kids, if, it's, if they just find the one thing, then their behavior, it's never just one thing. I really want you to get this into your spirit. And this is really important for you as a body, individuals within the body and part of the body, which is part of the body. Amen. Can I hear an Amen. It's never just one thing. God's saying to you as you move forward as a body, pursuing the revelation, pursuing what God is doing in you, to let God do it in you and do it deep and do it complete. But it's never just one thing. It's never just one part of the body. Doesn't the Bible even say in 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about the different members fitly joined together, supplying everything the body needs, and God gives even more grace to the parts that seem weaker or seem like the, 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 the people would just overlook them. He goes, man, I'll give more grace to that. It's never just one thing. Aren't you glad you're not just a head? Mm. Aren't you glad you're not just a kneecap? Come on. It's never just one thing. And as you move forward, I want to speak prophetically now, I want to speak it boldly now, and I want to speak it in love now. As you move forward as an individual and as a body, as we move forward celebrating other people in this congregation, looking at other people and looking at other people in other parts of other congregations and looking at the world, whatever it may be, it's not just one thing. We don't have a monopoly on the truth. We don't. I don't. I've found that over the years, and I was brought up brilliantly. I was brought up by David Margaret McCracken. I'm just thrilled beyond measure, you know, uh, knowing the word, knowing the spirit, knowing the truth, knowing worship from a kid all the way through. But there are some things now that I believe differently than I did two years ago. 
And there's some things I believe two years ago differently than I did five years ago. And some of those things I went to war over. Hello? Because this is the truth and I'm going to fight for it. And I realize that I see in part, I know in part, I look through a glass dimly. Anyone else? I just got to drop this. I know you're saying, okay, move on to the next bit. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'll move on when I'm ready. I want to drop this into our spirits. It's never just one thing. You come up with a problem in your work, it's never just one thing. Come on. Problem with your boss, a problem with your employees, parents, kids, family. It's never, have we got that? I saw you fighting with two swords, one in each hand. It's never just one thing. Very quiet in church. Um, and then I want to go into the next thing. I see you fighting with two swords, one in each hand. One represents truth. One represents righteousness. I don't know you, about you, Greg, but I, when God said that to me, I was thinking, I would have said truth and mercy, maybe, or truth and grace. I mean, think about the woman caught in adultery. I don't condemn you. Grace, mercy. Go and sin no more. Truth. I'm thinking, isn't it? And he said, no, it's for what he's saying to me which I'm bringing to you, because I'm not going to change what God says. Is that okay with you? Uh, because that's not a good thing to do. Um, one represents truth. One sword is truth. One sword is righteousness. And I felt God say there is a difference between truth and there's a difference between righteousness and truth. Truth and righteousness, there is a difference. And this is what I felt God, and on some of this I'm just going to read through, deposit Drop it into your spirit. I felt him say, study both, know both, and walk in both. Truth. How many people think that's worthy of studying, knowing, walking in? How about righteousness? Okay. Knowing it, studying it, walking in it. And what I I really encourage you as a church to lean into that truth, righteousness, truth, righteousness, truth, righteousness, because these are swords that you're fighting with individually and as a church. And so... What I felt Father tell me to do now is just literally take a few minutes to talk about truth and righteousness in a very, very, again, getting the whiff of a meal that Father wants you to explore. Is that cool? Because you know we could talk for years, couldn't we, Greg? Couldn't we, Danny, on just truth and just like, come on, this. But how about this? How about this? How about this? I don't want to do that. I want to give you the simple what Father gave me. Is that cool? To start us pursuing. Because remember, it's in the seeking that you find. It's in the finding that you know. This is what he said to me about truth. You're fighting with truth. You're fighting with righteousness. Truth is who God is and what God says. Truth is who God is. The the Bible says in John, and you know this scripture, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the truth, I am truth. I, truth, that's who I am. Truth is not just something I say, I am truth, I am truth. Everyone say, Jesus is truth. Can you yell at me? Can you do that? Wonderful. Come on, we need to, come on, we need to know this. Truth is not how I feel. Truth is not the facts and the circumstances. Truth is not that... My job is on the line. That, they, they can be facts, but truth is different. Truth is who God is. It's who God is. We fight with who God is. Huh. It's not just knowing about him. It's knowing him. It's, just, it's who he is, who he is. Who is he? Come on. Read, your, read the Gospels. Read the Epistles. Read through the Bible. Read through the Old Testament, which points to it. Just, God, I want to know who you are. You know when transformation comes, it comes with revelation of who he is, seeing him as see, seeing Jesus as Father wants me to see him. So many people around the world have a, a view of Jesus that is limited to 33 years of his life. And that picture, while it is necessary for him to have come to pay the perfect price, the, the sinless sacrifice, too many people see him as a boy in a, a baby in a manger, a boy in a temple, a man walking around. That they, they see him that way. And we cannot enter and come to Father unless we come through this Jesus Christ. But if that's our view, even the Jesus on the cross, 
or whatever it may be. The problem with that, in just what I feel in my spirit is, we see him as a man, therefore it almost makes him like us. But yet John, the disciple, the John who at the Last Supper was leaning against Jesus, so close to the, the, the disciple who spoke in his writings, the, the one that Jesus loved. I've had a revelation of how much he loves me. The one who, when he was reclining and Jesus is talking about one of them's going to betray you, the others being Peter and others said, can you ask him because like you're his favorite? I need you to hear this. They saw Jesus as he was. He was that man. They were so close. Yet that same John saw him in Revelation chapter 1. As he is now, blazing fire, you know, eyes shining, the double-edged sword coming out, lighting up the sky. You can't even behold him like Moses did. He had to cover his face. And it says, and I fell at his feet as though dead when I saw him as he was. He is not as he, sorry, saw him as he is. When we see him as he was, we become almost familiar, comfortable. It's okay. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But when we have a revelation and see him as he is, Something shifts. We need a revolution. We need a, we need a revival in the church to see God as He is, not to see Him as we've always seen Him, not to see Him as the nativity scenes portray Him, not to see Him even as the passion of the Christ portrays Him. I am not knocking them. Bring Him on. Yes, yes, yes. But if our only view of Jesus is the man, Jesus, we are limited. Truth is seeing Him as He is, as He is. Okay, sorry. Um, Truth is who he is, and truth is what he says. I need need to get moving. Otherwise, I'm going to miss my flight tomorrow at five. (laughs) Numbers 23, 19. Truth is who God is, but truth is also what God says. Aren't you glad that he's not like us? Now, we're called to be like him, but aren't you glad he's not like us? Yes, he became like us. He put aside his divinity, came down, and he submitted himself. That's 33 years out of eternity. You do the math. So why is our only picture of the 33 years, not the eternity? We actually need to see him as he is, as he is, as he is, as he is. But part of that is truth. He is truth, and he speaks the truth. I love this. God is not human that he should lie. Aren't you glad? Anyone here ever lie? Put up your hand. Anyone that didn't put out your hand, liar. Okay. Um, God is not human that he should lie. I can't believe I said that. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Stop distracting me. I'm trying to be spiritual. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Does he say one thing and do another thing? No. It's not our God. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? So if he's declared things in his word about you, then he's not going to change his mind. Isn't that good? That's good. That's good. If he's declared something, he ain't going to change his mind. I, I love this in Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Listen to what God says. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. I am truth and I speak truth. It will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire, and it will achieve the purpose for which I send it. Isn't that good? Truth, who God is and what God says. I want you to enjoy that. Righteousness. Everyone's, I think there's many definitions in human trying to describe Righteousness. I'll tell you what sits right in my spirit. And I, I find it in the Greek word that was used there, but I also, it says many things. But this is the one thing that sits right with me, and I submit it to you as a starting point. God might take you somewhere else. Is that cool? I'm not saying, because he's truth, and he speaks truth, okay? I'm just giving you the best that I feel, the Father. And righteousness is being in a condition acceptable to God. Righteousness, 
When we are righteous, we are in a condition that is acceptable to God. And how many people know we can't do that ourselves? And, and uh, again, just to whet your appetite, I, I just felt Father prompt me on the, these few things. It talks about the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17, for if by the trespass of the one man, who's that? No, the trespass of one man, Adam, death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in this life through the one man, Jesus? How cool is that? Don't you? I love the word. God doesn't waste words. Everyone say, God doesn't waste words. God doesn't waste words. God doesn't waste words. He said that gold, I looked, it's solid gold. I'll tell you later. But um, that's just between us. But um, God doesn't waste words. And I love it. It says, it doesn't say his provision of grace and the gift of righteousness. It says his abundant provision. This is the exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. Aren't you glad that our God is not a stingy God? Let me just preach for a moment. Our God is not a stingy God. Our God does not give out of leftovers. Our God does not give away what he doesn't want. I gave my one and only son. Don't think I didn't want him. Don't think he's leftovers. Don't think he's second best. He is the best. I give the best. And when I give to you, I give the best. No leftovers, no stinginess. And I like this one. I don't give away what I don't want. Come on. Sometimes when I go through my clothes or my wife goes through clothes or something, maybe you've done it too, you go through and think, you know, I don't want that anymore. Let's give it to an op shop. We think we're doing really, really well. We're giving away what we don't want. Come on, seriously. God has never given away what he doesn't want. Hmm. That's good. You're going to think about that, aren't you, Greg? Yeah. I've got to write it down. Receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of... So righteousness, there's a gift of righteousness that we receive from God. Amen? But it also says in Philippians 1, 9 and, uh, through to 11, it talks about the fruit of righteousness. It says, and... This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Aren't you glad there's always more? With God, there's always more. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Jesus, filled with the fruit of righteousness. There's a gift of righteousness, but I want you to be filled with the fruit, the evidence of that gift that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise. And then there's this one, which I hadn't seen, but God just took me to it. Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline. Oh, we love this, don't we? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness <laughs> and peace for those who have been trained by it. It gives a gift of righteousness, a fruit of righteousness, a harvest of righteousness. Is a, probably a bit bigger than what we think. But it's been in a condition acceptable to God. It starts by God. It's in God. But the Bible, again, this, remember I said it's never, ever just one thing. It's not just what he gives. We've got to work it out. We've got to walk it out. We've got to work out our salvation. Come on. What the Bible talks about putting off and putting on and fleeing and leaning into. It's not just what God has done. It's, it's all about what God has done. But we've also got to walk in that fruit to see the harvest. We've got to fight with truth. We've got to fight with righteousness and that's why Matthew 6 33 says but seek first the kingdom of God and seek his righteousness come on seek his righteousness you'll be filled the next thing I want to talk about briefly you doing okay let me remind you remind you of the picture I see you fighting with two swords one in each hand one represents truth one represents righteousness and I saw the handles were red velvet representing love. And God says, you cannot fight with the sword unless you can hold a handle. I want to talk about this for a moment. The handles that were a red velvet representing love. Just think of that picture. You can picture a sword. Picture a sword. Can you picture a sword? You, you can't fight oh, by holding onto the blade. You have to be able to hold the handle. You cannot fight 
The sword is powerless if you cannot hold the handle. You cannot wield it. You cannot even hit someone over the head with it. You, you cannot. It's useless. I don't know if I'm on thin ice, but I'm just going to go with what I'm feeling right now. Truth is powerless unless you can, it can be held with love. Righteousness is powerless unless it can be held with love. Because let's just step back and let's let the Spirit of God speak to us right now. Maybe truth actually cannot be truth unless it is held by love because there's something in it that's not truth. Maybe righteousness is actually not righteousness if it's not held by love. Maybe we think it is. And I wonder if maybe there are many around the world and many in the body of Christ that think they are fighting with truth and they're not holding love. So are they fighting with truth or are they fighting with a scripture, a portion? Huh. We don't need people out there bashing the unsaved. Jesus said, I did not come to condemn them. I came to save them. Truth has got to be held by love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is what? But the greatest is? And I'm not changing the word of God, but I'm just telling you what the Spirit says. Because he reminded me of that. The greatest is love. The greatest is love. But it says these three remain, faith, hope, and love. For what God wants to say prophetically to us today, right now I'm talking about truth, righteousness, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I'm not changing the word. I'm just saying what I feel Father is saying. And the reason why it's so important is because love is not, huh, love is not something from God. Love is God. 1 John 4, 8. If you do not love, you do not know God because God is love. Love is not something God does. It's who he is. And we need to make sure we're, oh, I'm just seeing this now. Hold on to love is hold on to God. And I'm also seeing this now. <sighs> I'm giving you lots of food for thought. Truth is who God is. But I've got to hold on to that through love. Righteousness is not actually who God is. But it's a gift from God. So who he is and the gifts that he gives us all have to be held with this red velvet handle of love. Overriding anything. If you feel to say something, this is a word directly for someone right now because as I say it, you're going to instantly know what I'm talking about. So I'm prophesying to you right now. If you're really feeling to say that thing to that person, so you know I'm talking to you right now. I'm not going to look at anyone. Um, if you're really feeling to say that thing to that person, I want to ask you to pause and I'm going to ask you to examine, are you holding tightly onto a handle of love? Or are you actually holding onto the blade of truth? Is it going to result in blood or is it going to result in actually Father's will being done? I believe that Father only ever speaks to us, disciplines us, encourages us, always for the best of the one receiving it. Sometimes we speak the truth not for the best of the one receiving it to help them step towards God, but we say it because it's the right thing and I need to say it. Is it about us or is it about them? God so loved the world, he sent his sons. Come on, these guys are not too far. From my grace. Come on. While, you, while they're sinners, come on, let's send them now. They're, they're unworthy, but come on, let's love them. Let's love them. I'll move on. Regarding, regarding the fight, and, and I'm almost done. So maybe the keyboard player can come back. That's not so that I keep on talking. That's actually to stop me. Um, I've spoken about the two swords. I've spoken about there's never one, just one thing. 
spoken about truth, has spoken about righteousness, has spoken about this velvet handle, red velvet handle that is love. And I want you to lean into all that. But God finished this picture by taking me back to the first lines. I see you fighting with two swords. I see you fighting. And this is what I just want to leave with you. When you are in a fight, because we'll all be in fights sometimes. True? We will. Every one of us will be in fights. Some of us go, I don't want to be in a fight. You'll be in a fight probably because you don't want to be in a fight. (laughs) Why won't you fight me? Come on, fire up. Now, it's true. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 that we do not fight flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. So we need to be aware that it's a spiritual battle, not a natural battle we're meant to engage in. But this is what I just want to drop into you, even when you're in a fight. But sometimes the reality is sometimes we're in a, how do I word this? It's a spiritual battle, but there's a natural component. Some of the things happening in the nation, in Australia, some of the things happening in the nation, some of the things the government wants to push through. How many people know there's a natural element to it? It is about whatever the case may be. Are you you with me? Know what I'm talking about. So there is a natural element, but do we approach it from a natural perspective or are we saying there's principalities and powers behind God? How do we fight this? There's a spiritual battle here. Are we praying or are we just proclaiming? Are we praying or just proclaiming? Are we fighting, holding on to the truth and cutting ourselves in the process? Or or we've got the handle of love and saying, Father, right now, I want to see as you want me to see about this. I want to be who you want me to be in this. And this is the question. When you're in a fight, think about these two things, truth and righteousness. But above all and covering all, think about and act in love pray you receive what Father wants to say. As I finish, I want to mention this prophetic word, and it's literally just a couple lines with some questions that I leave with you. And I can actually see now this word is probably really connected to everything I've just said. So are you ready to receive it? I was walking down the bike track by my home in Berwick there in Melbourne, and I'd already got the prophetic picture. I thought that was it, and I was walking down, and he just spoke to me so clearly and said, this is a This word needs to come out. And it's the word realignment. 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 And as I'm walking, this is what I felt the Holy Spirit say to me. I felt Him give it to me. Then I felt Him tell me what He means by that. Realignment. 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 And as I'm walking out there, This is what it said. Re means to come back again. Revive, restore, realign. It's come back again. Come back again. And alignment is, this is what he said to me, to be in agreement with and to be compatible with. When something's in alignment, it's in agreement with, it's compatible with, it's it's in the right place. To come back again. To be in agreement with and compatible with who God is and what He says. I really believe there's a holy call in this place today. Some of us maybe don't know Christ. Maybe some of us have walked away. Maybe some of us are fighting with the sword, but we're holding the wrong end. Can we just be honest in church, please? Maybe we know we're fighting in our marriage, not fighting for our marriage. I don't know what it is, but I feel the Spirit of God would come and say, what things does Father want you to realign? That is to come back again into agreement with and compatible with who God is and what God says. But then he said the second question, which I loved, and I hope you love it, because he said, what things does Father want you to realign, come back into agreement with and compatibility with? But then he said this, when so, um, for what purpose does Father want you to realign? I love that because that just showed the heart of the Father. If you've got a car and it's a nice enough car, but it's not running right, it's rough, and you take it to the mechanics, sometimes they just realign one thing, and the whole car runs well. Anyone ever gone to the chiropractor or the physio? I've been to both. 
And sometimes, man, my whole body is in pain. Anyone ever been there? And I can go and I can get realigned. One thing put back into place and like, huh, it's affected everything. And God says, the purpose I'm even saying today, what is, what do I want you to realign? It's not because you're bad people, not because I want to take you backwards, not because I want to hurt you. In fact, it's all the opposite. Because I know that me realigning this one thing or this thing or these three things or whatever it may be will not only bring strength, health, life in your body, but in the body. I just feel the Holy Spirit bring me, and it's in the Old Testament, but it's still in the Bible. Remember the sin of Achan? Some of us know that story. And God, the Israelites, destroy it all, destroy it all, don't keep any. And Achan kept just a couple little things and hid it. And it affected the whole, the whole body, the whole body. And I just feel God wants to realign in this moment some things for the sake of healing in the body. I wonder if we'd pray right now in this moment. We're almost done. I wonder if anyone will close your eyes. Our prayer today right now, Father, is that we see what you want us to see and that we may be who you want us to be. That we see right now Every eye closed in this place, and I don't know everyone here. Well, I don't know almost anyone here. But while you're just sitting there with, in this place which is a family, you've heard me speak, and maybe much of it hasn't made sense, but there's something in you and something in the worship that says, you know, I don't have what you're talking about. I, I don't know God. I've known about him. I've maybe even been in church for a while. I've never actually made a decision to walk with God in friendship. And you say, you know what, I'd love to start the journey today. I want to pray for you. Maybe for you, you have made a decision and yet you haven't been walking with God. In fact, you've been living very much your own way and you, you, you know that God's saying, I want you to, I want to realign something because there's so many things that are just are not working in your life and you try and try and try and try and try and God says, no, it's time to come back again into agreement with and compatibility with me. And if you're just saying, I want to, I truly want to walk with God, I haven't been and I want to walk with God today. Every eye closed, if that's you, would you just lift your hand so I can see and I know who I'm praying for. Thank you. Anyone else, just thank you. Anyone else, come on, don't miss this. Thank you. Don't miss this moment. No one else is looking. Thank you. No one else is looking around because thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Oh, man, my heart is overflowing because, Father, thank you. Father, right now, thank you. Pray, thank you. Oh, praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. Church, this is what it's about, isn't it? People walking with God. You put up your hand, you can put it down. Thank you, I've seen it. Anyone else, just just this moment before I pray. Anyone else, you just haven't been walking with God yet. Okay. I wonder if everyone will join me in praying this prayer. And if you put up your hand, just pray this prayer with me because the Bible says you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. It's And you need to understand, I just got a picture right now of Heavenly Father standing before you. The biggest smile, you can't even, we can't even picture how beautiful and wonderful this smile is. And he's just extending his hand to you, literally to take his hand and just start to walk. It's the most beautiful thing in all the world. So if that's you and everyone else that is walking with God, would you all pray this out loud with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I know that I've been living life myself. And yet today, 
I hear you invite me to walk with you. I know sin separates me. And I know I have sinned. So today, forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. I see you sitting on a throne of grace. And I say, I need that, Father. So I receive it. Wash me clean. Would you give me the gift of righteousness? Would you start to reveal who you are? May I know the truth. And would you set me free? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Just while we ever are closed. There's many others that are walking with God. But you know that Father has spoken to you today. Maybe about truth. Maybe about righteousness. Maybe about holding either one of them in love. Maybe it's about seeing something differently. Maybe it's about being different in a relationship or a situation. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. And you, and you know, Father said, I want to realign today. I, I want you to come back again into agreement with and be compatible with who I am. Every eye closed. In any situation, you know that Father is just saying, hey, I, I just want to put that back into place because I love you so much. I want I want you to be whole. If you're saying, I want that, God, I don't want to leave my seat today without that happening by your spirit and my decision. While every eye is closed, would you just lift up your hand as a sign to yourself, to God? I just want to see it across this auditorium. Thank you, thank you. All across this auditorium. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Once you put it up, you can put it down. We put it up high. Just, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put it down. Thank you, Father. I wonder if you just pray this after me again, and that's anyone can feel free to join me if this is your heart. Because I know that I want to realign on some things. Uh, if it's your heart, I wonder if you just pray this with me. Father, today I want to realign. Because you have prompted me and invited me into freedom. Today I want to come back into agreement with who you are and what you say. I want to see as you want me to see. I want to be as you want me to be. So now, Father, I just pray for just a wonderful touch of your spirit. Wonderful touch of your spirit in this room right now. Let the grace of God fill this place. Let the goodness of God fill this place. We come humbly. We drink and we receive fully. The Bible talks about those who receive this abundant provision of grace and this gift. Those who receive, those who receive. Those who receive right now, we receive. Come on, fill us, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Oh, lift up your hearts to the Lord. Lift up your hearts to the Lord. We receive. We receive the smile of the, from the face of God. We receive your delight and your pleasure. May we see you dancing over us and joying over us. And we love you.